Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Nihongo Master Podcast. I'm your host Azra and I'm excited to start this fresh new season with a fresh new theme. And boy, am I ready for this one. Season 12 will be a longer season compared to season 11 and the theme is... Drumroll please... Japanese fashion. I'm hoping my degree in fashion design is going to give me some credit points these next few months. And kicking off season 12, this first episode will have the topic of what I call the yin and yang of Japanese fashion. And that's because there are two sides of this country's fashion scene, which are not just opposites, but also complementary in my opinion. Japanese fashion can easily be split into two categories, wafuku to mean traditional clothing and yofuku to mean western clothing. Picture salarymen in business suits rubbing shoulders with groups of young women wearing gorgeous floral robes and trendy hipsters who combine their modern tees and trousers with stilted sandals from centuries past. Episode 1 will give you a tease into what Season 12 has in store by giving an overview of Wafuku and Yofuku respectively. So fashion and culture enthusiasts, hold on tight, we're in for one hell of a ride. I don't know about you, but when I think about Japanese traditional clothing, the first thing that pops to mind is the kimono, a long robe with short, white sleeves. I mean, it's arguably the most famous wafuku there is. Kimono literally translates to thing to wear, because it was considered an everyday essential rather than a decorative piece. This type of clothing made its grand debut in the Heian era, 794-1185, along with a few other pieces of similar style. Kimonos were usually made from plain material, but higher-ranking people at the imperial court had theirs made in brocades and top-quality silk, and of rich, vibrant colours. Back in the day, it was common to wear layers upon layers of kimono, even in the summer heat. Now, I won't go too much into this type of wafuku. These tiny little fun facts are just to tease you of what's to come in the next couple weeks or so. The next iconic wafuku that I can go a little bit deeper into is the yukata which is pretty similar to the kimono, only that it's made from cotton and linen, extremely lightweight, and meant to be worn loosely. This type of wafuku was also used in the Heian era by the nobles after a bath. Actually, the word yukata comes from comes from yu to mean bath and katabira to mean underclothing. During the Edo period, when public baths became more common, even the commoners were using yukata. The only difference seen with the yukata between the Heian era and the Edo era was having the cords that tied off these robes switched up for obi, thick sashes wrapped around the waist. The yukata is my personal favourite because it's summer-friendly, light and fun. You'll still see them worn as a light summer kimono to date. See, the Edo era was an important time in history of Japanese fashion as things got a bit more comfortable for everyday people. So while the common people became more fashionable, the noble class took to wearing the haori, an outerwear piece worn over the kimono. This thigh-length flowing jacket was pioneered by the geisha, but both genders could be seen wearing it after the craze caught on. Most of the time, it was worn to protect the kimono from getting wet or dirty when they were out and about. During festivals and other special events, you would also have seen plenty of people flitting about wearing a similar but shorter style of outerwear, the happy. This thin and colourful garment would be embroidered with the family crest, or mon in Japanese, of an important lord in brown or blue, and worn by his lackeys so he could easily identify them. And guess what? The Japanese love a good uniform. So the trend quickly caught on among all sorts of groups from firefighters to fishermen, 
Head to any summer festival parade in Japan and you'll see all sorts of bright and beautiful happy, which usually single out individuals from specific areas of the city or individual dance troops. Now these wafuku I mentioned were just the tip of the iceberg. There are tons more that are much harder to describe than they are to show, so I'll stop here. Hopefully this gives you a brief idea as to what wafuku is and how it came about. Here's a quick vocab recap. Wafuku, traditional Japanese clothing. Kimono, literally translates to thing to wear. Yukata, originally a robe worn after a bath but it is now a summer kimono. Katabira, underclothing. Obi, thick sashes wrapped around the waist. Haori, outerwear piece worn over the kimono. Happy, a shorter version of the haori and it's an overcoat with a family crest emblazoned on it. Originally for men, but now worn by both genders. By the way, if you haven't checked out our official website yet, why not give it a browse? At Nihongo Master, we offer efficient Japanese lessons that are quick, easy, and fun for Japanese language learners of all levels, from beginners to advanced. Our smart tools will assist you in areas where you need a little bit of a push and congratulate you on the ones you waste. With a community of over 50,000 Japanese students, you're not alone on your learning journey. Make new friends and improve together with our point system, collecting points as you go along. Ask away any questions you have on our group discussion pages. There's sure to be others as well as our Japanese instructors that are quick to answer. You can also take Nihongo Master with you on the go and learn Japanese as you trot the globe. Practical, right? The evolution and expansion of Wafuku can be said to stop right at the start of the Meiji era which is the most significant time in Japanese fashion's evolution. It makes sense, because this is also the time when Japan, which was sealed off from the Western world before, now opened up. And as a result, suddenly, everyone from the street vendors to the emperor himself was obsessed with all things Western. That included everything from education and business practices to military tech and political theory. And of course, fashion. The emperor had even issued a mandate in 1871 for all officials to wear Western clothes during work and official events. This Western-style clothing we're talking about is known as yofuku. Men put up their robes for sebiro, to mean business suit in Japanese, to go to work day in and day out. This was the start of the modern-day sea of suited businessmen site we see now. Well, except for in summer but they tend to ditch the ties and jackets and switch to short-sleeved shirts to beat the horrific Japanese summer humidity. This started in 2005 as part of the Kurubezu campaign by the Japanese government aimed at cutting down AC costs in offices. Another thing from the Meiji era was the birth of Gakuran, a male school uniform that's basically translated to Western-style clothes for uniform. You can't miss it. The standard color known as Tsumeeri was based on the Prussian Waffenrock, a kind of outerwear worn by German military. What about the female uniform, you ask? Well, it wasn't until later that the Seira Fuku, sailor-style school uniform, came into the picture, inspired by the British Royal Navy uniform. If you've watched any Japanese TV shows or movies, you've almost definitely seen this iconic outfit. Drop a few decades into the Showa era of 1926 to 1989, where we get the fashion scene of what it is today, pretty much. This is also when the wave of Americanization came. Not only were the Japanese suddenly playing baseball, eating hot dogs and riding around listening to swing and jazz, 
This was also the iconic period of time that various Japanese subcultures were formed. If you had listened to one of our earliest episodes, Season 1, Episode 7, you'd know the teenage terrorists known as the Yankee started stomping around the streets of Japan during the Showa era. You could even argue that the very idea of the teenager was a US import. The 70s and 80s were even more chaotic with the arrival of more subcultures like Lolita and Visual K. These were all about expressing yourself in the most visually ostentatious way possible. Head on down to Harajuku in Tokyo or its swankier, more grown-up neighbour Omotisando to see this vibrant modern fashion scene for yourself. Some of these fashion subcultures are alive and well to this very date. More on this topic in the next couple of weeks, folks. So, while this is how Yofuku basically came into the scene of Japanese fashion, the good old Wafuku is not totally gone. Throughout those eras where the Yofuku reigned, there were still those donning Wafuku over them. In fact, even to this date. Now, for a quick vocab recap. Yofuku, Western-style clothing. Sebiro, business suit. Kurubizu, translates to Kurubizu, a campaign by the Japanese government. Gakuran, Western-style clothes for uniform. Seirafuku, sailor-style school uniform. I think I've painted a pretty great picture of the yin and yang of the Japanese fashion scene. The distinction between wafuku and yofuku is clear, but both are in and amongst each other in modern day. Which one do you prefer? The yin or yang, wafuku or yofuku? Tell us your thoughts by commenting on our social media platforms. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Also, head over to the Nihongo Master blog if you're interested in reading up on topics like these some more. And if you're keen on picking up some more Japanese for yourself, pop onto your official website, nihongamaster.com, to learn more. While you're at it, why not get yourself a subscription? Get a head start on your Nihongo journey with Nihongo Master. And thanks so much for listening in. Join me in the next one, where I'll be walking you down the avenue of Japan's rich fashion culture. Mata ne! Mata ne!